0: You know, this morning, let's pray before we go any further. Lord, just ask you to anoint what you want me to say and share this morning with everyone here. Uh, Bless this time, indeed, has already been prayed, and we trust you for that in Jesus' name. Tomorrow morning, my daughter, my son-in-law, my precious youngest grandbabies are going back to Belgium, at least for a year for him to finish his. Uh, education here get his degree it's very painful for us with this little bitty baby girl she's uh, 15 months old and just the apple of our of our eye now where's the young lady that was up here that led that last song there she is sweetheart what's your name beth Beth? the beth you don't know me from adam's house cat i mean you know probably who i am okay and I've been praying about what today. And as I, as I came here this morning, the Lord began to lead me what to share with. Now, the reason I'm saying this, ladies and gentlemen, everything that this song sang is what God's doing. As I was sitting there just praying, and basically what God was leading me is she came and sang that song. That was an introduction to what God has sovereignly led me to share with you this morning. Is that incredible or what? Yes, it is. Hallelujah. And then I'm sitting there and I'm looking at that week of prayer and fasting. I cannot tell you how important that is. It absolutely is not by our might, nor by our power, nor by our strength, but it is by the power of Jesus Christ, period. I uh, I've been in martial arts for many many years and uh, yesterday we had a test for this they call it sin that's the guy who's leading the uh, martial arts place where we work out and all that and a young man loves the Lord very committed Christian and he pulled his hamstring (laughs) during as he began to do it and his wife was over there oh should we stop it should we call it off I said and she just preached, said, Lord, we can just give it to you. And this young man, as he prayed, he gave it to the Lord. And in his absolute unequivocal weakness, he by the end of the thing, he could barely walk. And I was sharing with him, I said, so you went forward, not in your strength, but in the strength of Jesus Christ. Remember that thing in Second Corinthians uh, twelve seven through 10, where Paul says, whatever this, he had this, thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was. It could be anything. It could be a situation, a sickness. It could be a problem in your job, home. It could be anything. And he cried out to God three times, Lord, take this thing from me. Take this thing from me. Take this thing from me. And God said, just like we say, my grace is sufficient. my power is made perfect in weakness praise the Lord he finished the test he finished the whole thing and he received what's called a seventh degree black belt which is I mean (laughs) not many people get that for and while we were at the restaurant he could hardly walk in there we sat down and I prayed and I just shared with the folks I said this is what we saw happen today so what is an example is not that he completed the stuff he knows more George Bennett for many many years but that out of his weakness and I say this to I don't know what y'all are going through but out of his absolute unequivocal total weakness as he trusted the Lord, he did what he did under the Lord. He cut out a couple of things he couldn't do because he just said, Lord, I'm yours. Boom. It happened. And that was a powerful, powerful testimony to all of us there. And this young man, he's what they call the leader. He's the, you know, the, of, the, of the martial arts place. Have y'all ever had martial arts? Oh, good. Okay, so he's the sensei. He's a sensei of the dojo there where we work at. But more importantly, that degree is nothing. What is important is the witness for Jesus Christ that he represents. Are you all with me? See, that's the most important thing. And just like we sang this morning, I couldn't believe it so. So how much time do I have? An hour? I'm joking. I'm joking. No, seriously. What time do I need to be through? Sorry. Give me a time, guys. I'm trying to see the clock back there. I can't even see it. I have nine thirty. What time do I need to be done? Ten, to 10 to fifteen. 10, okay, good. Thank you. I got forty-five minutes. All right. So let me just tell you what we're gonna go through this morning. I have this little phone. And you know what? I've got About 90 things on this phone of teaching that I do. (laughs) My Bible and all kinds of stuff. Isn't that neat? I carry this thing around like this. I can read it. So that's what I'm going to do. But guess what else I'm going to do? I'm going to have you all stand up and read the scripture. All right? So get ready. Let me tell you why I do that. You're used to having a pastor. You have a great pastor, by the way. But what's important is that you be in the Word and you be in prayer. That week of prayer and fasting, I cannot tell you how important, how crucial that is. Not by our might or power, by the power of Jesus Christ. So, who'd like to stand up and read? First of all, uh, the book of Genesis. We're going to Genesis. let me lost. My place here. We're going to Genesis uh, chapter six and verse five. Who'd like to read that? Anybody? You need to know. You know, you got to stand up and read it. Go for it. So Genesis six five, and read it very loudly so everybody can hear it, please, sir. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Does that sound like we're basically good, no, no, no. or that we're basically evil? How many thoughts? Most of them. Read it one more time. Send it one more time, please. The Lord saw that the wickedness of the man was great in the earth and that every... Most? 90%? How much? Every. Every. Wow. Every what? (coughs) Every wickedness. No, no, no. no, Every what? Read the rest of the thing. Oh, you got it up there. Okay, I want everybody to read this together. One, two, three. Let me get up there. Okay, y'all ready? One, two, three. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that most of the intentions of... Oh, wait a minute. It doesn't say most. It doesn't say a majority. Every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil occasionally. Literally means all the day long. Now, why are we starting out with that? Because of what we say. I mean, this is what God led me to do. She got up and sang that. I said, I could. I started crying. I said, man, this is powerful. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me just say this. From the time of the fall forward, our sin nature has never decreased. You understand? Apart from Jesus Christ, everything that we sing, we destroy ourselves. Isn't that amazing? Okay, I'm going to give you time to put up now Psalm 14, 1 through 3. Oh, gosh. Praise the Lord for old oh, man. you can. I got it back there in the back. I can read it right back there. Plus my little phone here. Okay, let's turn to Psalm 14, 1 through 3. right, And I want us to read that. Okay, who'd like to who'd like to stand up and read verse one? I'll read it. Go for it. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. How many? None. Wow. Now you don't see this in English at all. But what's important, I want all of you to write this down, okay, because in this particular verse here, uh, the word "no" and this is used throughout this whole section, I'm going to tell you how to spell it. It's ain, A-I-N. I usually say ain't, okay, because we think, well, I ain't doing this, I ain't doing that. You know, that's not good English, but anyways, it means the word ain, you say, well, why is that such an important thing? Because this is the most negative particle in the Hebrew language. The three words for no or not, and this is the most emphatic. What it really means is non-existence. So the fool has said in his heart, God doesn't even remotely exist. The fool. Now let me just tell you, we you think of a fool as somebody just kind of being a stupid guy, doesn't know, you know which end is up or whatever. No, no, I don't know. There are many very, very intellectual, well-read people that are fools because they think they're their own God. When Satan tempted Eve, he says, If you'll eat this fruit, oh my goodness, you're not going to die. No, God knows when you eat that, your eyes will be open and you will be like him. You'll be your own God, continually knowing good and evil. Wow. Wow. Oh, she looked at it Wow! yes it it looks good for food oh it's beautiful and it's really going to make me smart I'm going to be wiser than God so she took it and ate what happened she held on to it we don't know how long a period of time before Adam came and he ate boom their eyes were open they saw their nakedness and they tried to cover their own sin throughout written history from about 3000 BC and this is written I mean it it goes beyond that but written history goes back to about that length of time from it started in a place called ancient Sumer where today is Kuwait if any you all know the Mediterranean area that's where Kuwait is that's where writing started isn't that amazing you go back and look at that and you see all these other religious systems that built up every one of them was based on man saving himself by his own works By, in other words, man establishing his own righteousness. Is that possible? Absolutely, unequivocally, no. We're corrupt to the core. And so what this is saying here, this psalm here, God doesn't exist. But I want you to look at the other half of it, of what God says. Look at it. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. What? There is none And again, that's the word ain. There is none who does good. Now let me give you an amplified translation. There does not even exist one person who continually does good. What we sang this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is because of this fact. Now who would like to read verse 2? Come on, we've had a man, a woman. Oh, very good. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. No, no. Uh, let's have another man if you don't mind, ma'am. Then you read verse three. Oh, is it whoever? Okay, go for it, sir. Verse, now we're in verse two. Here we go. The Lord looks down from heaven into the children of men to see if there are any who understand six Oh, my land's alive. If any understand. And you see, because of our corrupt nature, we don't have any natural desire for God. What we have a desire for is a sense of security, a sense I'm okay, but then we wanna do it our way because we want to legalize, legitimize, sanctify our own sexual perversion, our sin. Oh, I, this is not so bad, I'll just do blah, 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 blah. As you go back again, as you study the ancient systems of religion all the way back to, as I said, an ancient, where written history began, from the fall of man forward, you see man has always been the same. You read chapter 5. Enosh came to that's when the first revival is Genesis chapter 4, verse what I think 23, I forget where it is exactly. That's the first revival. He began to believe in the Lord, been to call on the name of the Lord. Then they became worse and worse and worse until it comes to Noah. Okay. And we just read what it says about Noah in chapter 6, or the time that every thought was evil. Isn't that amazing? So, no man understands, meaning no man has any comprehension of who God is because of our flawed, corrupted nature. Do you understand? We seek to deify ourselves, that's what we inherited from our parents their fallen nature genetically we've inherited that is that incredible or what let me just throw this one little thing out. do you all remember the one thing that Jesus continually dealt with his disciples about one problem they continually had anybody know it what oh I thought somebody said it. over here how what were they continually doing yes now, I'm sorry, if I yell, <laughs> I've been doing that most of all of my life, OK? So <laughs> my students are used to it, my dojo students are whatever they to. Anyway, the point being, that's exactly right. What they were doing is comparing, who is the greater? Well you do this, Yeah, but I do that. how many of y'all do? How many of y'all do that? Come on. That's an absolute lie. How many of you do this? That's part of your fallen nature. Because you're trying to find your identity in yourself. Are you with me? Now, Colossians three twenty-three and twenty-four. Let's go there real quick, if we may. I'm not gonna have anybody read this, I'm just gonna read it myself. Colossians three twenty-three and twenty-four. He's coming. There you go. Whatever you do, now that is whatever you might be continually doing, it doesn't matter what it is. You see the word hardly, that doesn't even exist in the Greek. That's just a, they've tried to do that to explain what this phrase means. It means out of your inner man, out of the depth of your sense of identity, your inner man, out of your inner man, continually work as for men and don't say, just set aside God because it's all about you. Is that what it says? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I know y'all are sweet, precious people, but I'm an old Baptist country boy. So when I ask something like that, i like some response. Yes, amen, something, okay? So is that what it says? No, this is what it says. (laughs) Continually work for the Lord, hallelujah, not for men. Yesterday... As we were going through the black belt test for this, uh, grand, this young man who became now, he's, a, what, anyway, he's seventh grade. Out of his weakness, out of his pain, he did this as unto the Lord. Is that incredible or what? What a testimony. See, that's a greater witness than his martial arts skills. Only one time in my life have I ever had to use what I've learned physically in that. But the important thing, if I had not known what to do, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Okay. But every day, all during the day, I am in a spiritual battle. Is that right for everybody? That's what matters most of all. Now, let's go to verse 24, please. I love this. That's, oh, man. I don't have to flip through my phone and do all this. That's good. All right. Knowing. That means once you've come to Jesus Christ, you begin to learn it, and it's an ongoing truth that you continue to learn, knowing that by your own power you're going to do great. Is that what it says? No. No. (laughs) Now, let me tell you why I do that, because a lot of people don't read their Bible. And I could say two and two is five. You say, oh, wow, well, I guess it is. No, because that man says, no, I am not the authority. This word is, y'all with me? No human being is. You need to be founded in the word of God, period, from beginning to middle to end. That needs to be the thing by which you judge. Don't just, I've been around, I'm 74 and two thirds years old. Uh, October the 1st, in a few weeks, I'll be, have been a Christian for 56 years. Accepted Christ October the 1st, 1965, my freshman year at Mississippi State. By the way, how many of you college football fans? Oh my goodness, y'all are sad out here in the West Coast. <laughs> if I asked that in the Southeast, everybody would raise their hand, okay? Anyway, we beat uh, North Carolina State last night, it was a good game. But I uh, came to Christ. And God completely altered everything in my life. Knowing that from the Lord, not from men, understand this. From the Lord you will receive, continually receive the inheritance as your reward. Now, the phrase there, you are serving the Lord Christ. Because I've been teaching this stuff for many, many, many years. Literally what this is saying. For by means of Jesus Christ, you are continually serving. I'd like for all of you to write that down. For by means or for through Jesus Christ, not your own strength, but through Jesus Christ, you are continually serving. What? Everything that we say this morning is about all of this. Is that incredible or what? Yes. Now let's go all the way back to Psalm 14, if we may again. And now we're going to look at verse 3. Who wants to read that? Anybody stand up and read it? Come on, well, now, we need a, now we need a, let's see, we need a, another lady. Ma'am, go for it. not even one there you have the word ain there ain't no one who continually does good there ain't even one that's huge isn't it now i want us to turn to isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 please Who wants to stand up? Let's see. Lady, you need a man now somewhere. We've had a bunch of people over here. Let's have somebody over here. Who wants to stand up and read this? Anybody? Go for it, sir. I forget your name, sir. Yes, sir. Go for it, young man. Praise the Lord. So so we're in Isaiah 64, 6. Stop. How many of us? Most of us? How many is all? All is all. Okay, go for it. Stop right there. Most of our righteous deeds? How many is all? I mean what we think is right. We don't even see the depth of our perversion. Now that we're polluted garment, we got some young people in here. I don't want to get too graphic about that. But that means, ladies, what do you guys go through? Huh? How would you like to have that as a napkin on your table with eat with a fork and a knife laying top of it? Huh? It's pretty gross, huh? That's what that saying, our righteous deeds are like. We'd have not, they're non existent. Keep going. Oh, how many are all? Wow. Keep going. Have y'all ever seen a strong wind? Come along. I mean, where we live down in Murrieta, you know, the wind comes and the leaves blow. Have you ever seen the wind blowing this way the leaves going? Another wind, another leaf going the opposite way. Have you ever seen that? Wait, a minute, you seen that, ma'am? Okay, you got the wind blowing the leaves this way, and you have another leaf by itself going against the wind. Have you ever seen that? No. <laughs> no. So you understand. Like the wind blows the leaves. That's the way humanity is. Is that incredible or what? Wow. Now, let's turn to another very, very important passage. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Okay? Now, when you read this verse up here, for by grace you've been saved, we kind of read that just kind of. Oh, I'm sorry. Lo siento mucho. I mean, I'm very sorry. Who wants to? uh, We need another lady. In the middle here. A lady to stand up and read verse 8. Who'd like to do that? Oh, very good. Thank you, you ma'am. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, ma'am. That's good. Yeah. We're going to have different people read it. Now, she read that very calmly. That phrase there, for by grace you have been saved, is... The most emphatic grammatical construction that you have in the Greek. You, th- this doesn't even really express it. Now, okay, everybody get ready. I'm going to raise my voice very loud. So don't jump. Oh, if Just get ready for it, okay? So this is the way it really is. For by the grace of God and the grace of God alone have you been saved and are continually being saved yes amen that is so emphatic why because we're corrupt to the core not because I said it did the scripture say that unequivocally now and it's through faith and this is not your own meaning even the faith to believe is not something you've produced Otherwise, you could do anything you want to, am I right? Hey, I don't need God, I can just be. Uh-uh. Even the faith itself is a gift. God gives that faith to you. And through that faith, you can either accept Jesus or you can turn and walk away. Isn't that amazing? As He gives that to you, what you do with it is the next step. Now, we're going to come back to this in verses 9 and 10. But I want us to turn parenthetically, and I'm going to read this. I don't want y'all to have to worry about that. Romans ten, eight through 13. So we're in Romans 10, 8 through 13. Oh, there we go. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Here's what God does. John 6, I'm just going to quote this. I'm not, you don't have to turn there. But y'all can look at it. It says, Ere, it says, no one, literally in the Greek it means and not one person, has within themselves the ability to come to God unless he draws. And that word draw also means drag. You see, we are worshiping ourselves. We're caught up into ourselves. God's love for us is so great. He draws us. He pulls us. He does everything. Now, he's not a puppeteer. We're not puppets. I got saved my senior year. Well, my senior year in high school in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, This young girl, back then, praise the Lord, they had Bible clubs in your public schools. And so they picked out in December of 64 which is my senior year, 64, 65. One person to pray for to be saved. Now, back then, everybody goes to the church. Back then, but in the South, everybody went to church. But it didn't mean you had a relationship with Jesus at all. So she certainly saw my life and what it was. And I'd get up and I'd do devotionals, but then I was out burning around on the weekends, horrible things. She started praying for me January the 1st, 1965, about... March, I started coming under conviction. I didn't know what was going on. And I tell people all the time, if she had judged the effectiveness of her prayer by looking at me, she would have quit. Huh? That's why this week of prayer and fasting is so absolute. You don't ever quit. You never quit. Are you with me? See, that's what the, oh, you might as well give up and quit. God never called us to quit. Quitters never win. And a winner in Jesus Christ never quits. No matter what happens, get knocked down like that young man doing his thing yesterday. His strength was in Christ, not himself. Isn't that amazing? All right. So God puts. I use this illustration. I'm not. I'm, not a, I'm a great eater, but I'm not really that good of a cook. My wife is the quintessential Southern cook. But let's say I invite y'all over. I can cook a little steaks. So I get these little ribeyes and. I didn't raise the cow. I didn't slaughter the cow. I didn't butcher the cow. All that was done for me. I just went to the market, picked it up, put it on my grill, and, 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 you know, broiled the thing, barbecued it. I get the meat, put it on a piece of, put it on a plate. You're sitting there in front of it. I get a knife and fork, cut the meat out. You open your mouth. I just put the meat in your mouth. But what can I nor anyone not do? Except you. What? Come on, guys. Get a little baptistic. What must you do? Yeah, you must chew and swallow it. I can't do that for you. Nobody can. Am I right? That's exactly what this is saying. This is the depth of God's love and grace. He is drawing people. He puts the word. Look at that. He puts within you the word of faith that we are proclaiming. In your mouth, in your heart. Now let's go to the next verse, verse 9. Because if you confess ooh, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. Now verse 10. For with the heart one believes and is justified. I'm not going to have you, but if you go to uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verse 6, you will read this about Abraham. It says, Abraham believed in the Lord, and he, that is the Lord, continued to reckon that to him as righteousness. Isn't that amazing? So being saved through faith is not some new thing. It's always been that way, from beginning to middle to end. Isn't that amazing? Just like we sang this morning. Now, all the way down to, go, skip all the way down to verse 13 because I'm running out of time. Here they're going to throw me out. Okay. For most everybody who calls on the name of the Lord might be saved. Huh? Everyone. Hallelujah. For everyone who calls on the name of realizing you're a sinner, you cannot save yourself. You see Jesus' death, burial, the blood. You don't understand all of that, but you cry out just like I did. A young girl prayed for me all the way through, and I get I had a football scholarship, at Mississippi State. And back then, freshmen couldn't play varsity. They used us as dummies though against our varsity team. So we're getting ready to play Auburn, and we're running this play, and I, it was a re- reverse action kind of a thing, and. So the play started one way, then it came back the other way. My job was to hit that tackle then go in just to lay out that linebacker. I was this all-state football player. I thought I was Tommy Tuff. You know, I thought I was the best thing since sliced bread. I go to hit that linebacker, he knocked the snot out of me. (laughs) And that was the hardest up to that point I'd ever been hit. I was on the ground. I said, oh, my God. He reached down and picked me up, and he says, welcome to the Southeastern Conference. That's what he said to me. But then the other linebacker comes over there. And He says, "Justin, I just want you to know Jesus loves you, and so do I." What? I started watching their lives. They were some of the toughest ball players out there, but they never—you didn't hear them cuss one time. Everybody else was cussing the grass, the dummies, the coaches, the sun. Everything these guys never did. I watched their life. To make a long story short, through that linebacker, ultimately I came to a place of seeing my sin, and he led me to a saving faith in Christ. He didn't do it. God through him did. Are you with me? God drew me. I went up to him. He got his Bible out. He shared the Roman road. We don't have time to go through it, but this is a key verse of it. And I accepted Jesus Christ, October the 1st, 1965, around 1030 at night. They were all in bed because they had a game the next day. I had gone go to this revival meeting. Now, I'm saying all of that for us to understand exactly what we've been reading through now. There's none who does good, not, abs- absolutely not one person at all. Now, let's go back to Ephesians 2, okay, verses 8 through 10. Now I have 10 o'clock on my, what do y'all have up there? What does that say? A little before 10? Okay, I'm, I got 15 more minutes, all right. I'm going to use every second, okay. <laughs> so, by grace you say through faith, the faith itself is a gift, and that is not your own doing, wow, it is God by the power of his Holy Spirit drawing, pulling, dragging you, putting that word of faith in your mouth and in your heart, are you with me? For you to make that final choice, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me. It is the gift of God. Next verse, look at this. Ooh, Not as a result of works, that also means religious works. Oh, I go to the church, I do this. Do you understand how corrupt you really are? Listen, I'm as I said, I'm 74 and two-thirds. The older I get, the more when Paul said in Romans, excuse me, 1 Timothy 1.15, I am the chief of sinners. It means, it means, among whom chief I am, I, it's very emphatic. Not I was, I am. And what I've seen in my life as I grow in Christ, the older I get chronologically, physically, I see sin that I didn't even know was sin. Because as you get closer to the light, as you die to self, you see truth to a greater extent, and you become less and less, and Jesus becomes more and more. Isn't that amazing? Your week of prayer and fasting, I cannot emphasize too much your need to come and be that. That's the only thing that's going to change this nation, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to argue. Have you ever argued anybody into coming to Jesus Christ? No, not not one place. All right, Having said that real quickly, let's turn to Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, 23 through 26. We're going to come back to this now. Second Timothy, chapter 2, 23 through 26. There we go. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. You know what the word foolish there is in the Greek? Everybody write this down. Moros. (laughs) Huh? That's where we get moron from. Is that incredible? Have nothing to do with moronic Ignorant controversies. Ah, Listen, you're not going to argue anybody into believing Jesus. You know they breed quarrels. I've learned to keep my big fat mouth shut. That's how people say, blah, 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 blah. And then I go to something. I'm just saying, Lord, what do you want me to say? And the Lord will usually give me something that's so simple and basic, and then I get out of the way. Why? Because I'm not the one that's convincing them. It's God by the power of the Holy Spirit drawing, dragging them by His Spirit, not by my words and my, my skewed, flawed reasoning. Are you with me? All I am is a mouthpiece for Him to share the Word, just like today. Uh, next verse, please. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. Oh, that word must not be means without any equivocation. Don't ever do it. But kind to everyone able to teach. That means you need to know the word. Huh? Well, Pastor Raul says, when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, did he appeal to, well, Rabbi Hillel says this, and Rabbi Shemmai, they were two of the leading rabbis. Is that what he did? What did he do? Somebody yell it out. What did he do? What did he appeal to? What? Come on, guys. Y'all be so shy. Get a little Baptistic in you. What did he appeal to? Yes. The Word of God. Wow. Jesus was fully God, but he was fully man. Meaning, as the man, he gave us the example. You have got to know the Word. You've got to spend time in it. I had a... Baptist pastor, right after I got saved at Mississippi State. He came to me. He said, Justin, you're going to be at a state university. You're not going to get Bible studies in your classes. That was an understatement. He says, you need to start studying the Bible as though it were another course. I started that. I got saved October the 1st. It's about November I started doing that. And I just started in the book of John. I didn't know I Greek, or Hebrew, Madam's house cat. I knew Spanish, but I didn't, you know, it had nothing to do with that. And I, and I just started reading the book of John. And I would read like John 1, 1 through 13, and then I would have, and I've still got all those notebooks about that thick at, the, at my house in the, at the cabinet. And I would write down what it was God was saying to me, just in my own words. I lost a train. I thought he was telling me to quit. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> I would just write that down. What it was, God was saying to me. That was so huge. I ended up going not through the entire Bible in my four, but I went through probably about three fourths of the Bible, both Old and New Testament. And, and uh, June the fifth through the tenth. Any got? Well, we got some old people here. <laughs> Do y'all remember? I see some gray-haired guys. Do y'all remember what happened June fifth through the tenth, nineteen sixty-seven? Do y'all remember? Nobody? Any, who remembers? Anybody? I'm sorry? A very, 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 very significant name in the Middle East, in Israel. Did that turn on anything? Oh, I thought you were going to raise your hand. You're scratching your head. <laughs> that was the Six-Day War when Israel regained the Golan Heights, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip. There was a, well, I'm not going to give his name, but there was this well-known guy. He was very active in Campus Crusade for Christ. He was going around. This is it. This is it. Jesus is coming back in five years, 10 at the most, blah, 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 blah. So we get back for two days, beginning of my sophomore year in, in the fall of 67, and a couple of guys, Christian. Oh, but boy, when the school started, oh, this is it, blah, blah, blah. Jesus coming back five or 10 years, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm just no meathead, still out. But I said, well, wait a minute. Jesus said, John, Matthew 24, 36, nobody knows the day of the hour. And in Acts 1, 7, the disciples, is this now you're coming back? He says, it's not for you to know the times or epics the Father has set aside and, and determined. This is what they said. That was the first time I ever encountered it. Yes, but so-and-so says blah, 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 blah. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the first time I ever experienced that thing. My God, these people are following a man, not the Word of God. Huh? Let's get a little baptistic, is that right? You have got to get into the Word. All right. Now, uh, go to the next verse here. Correcting his opponents with gentleness. God not you, not your argumentation, not your intellect, not blah, 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 blah. God may grant, may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. It's not you or me. It's God doing it. God's not a puppeteer. Boom. Now let's go to the next verse. Finish up with this. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been captured by them to do his will. Is that incredible? Do you understand? God's not a puppeteer. We're not puppets. He leads, he draws, he pulls. What we're to do is to be a vessel through which he shares his work. Don't be moved or upset because of people's initial experience. I don't want God. To... You have no idea what's going on. That's what I did because the conviction was so strong in my life. I you know I'm running from God. Until that guy knocked a snot out of me and the other guy said, Jesus loves me and so does he. That, God, that was the only thing anybody said to me directly. Is that incredible? But you see, God knew because football was my God. And God knew how he had to get to me. And that's what he did. All right, let's go back now to Ephesians 2. Oh, I'm going to finish up. I got about seven minutes, right? Yes. So we're going back to Ephesians 2. And we're in verse uh, 9 now. Not. As a result of works that no one should boast. Why? Because our natural, carnal, depraved, even as believers in Christ. A great passage for y'all to go back and read. We're not going to take time to do it. We don't have time this morning. But it's be Romans 7, 14. Through eight eleven, Romans seven fourteen through eight eleven, and so Paul is dealing with his. You know, he'd become a Pharisee, he got saved, but let me tell you something. God has to take us all through a breaking process, and God was taking him. All of a sudden, he realized there were things in his life because before he was un, before he was born again. Hey, I'm doing this. He thought he'd attained his own righteousness. And he said, what's going on me? I'm thinking this thought. I'm doing this. I don't want to do this. What it is. Romans 7, 17 says, oh, it is the continuous indwelling sin in me. He gets to the end of the chapter there. He says, this stuff is continually misguiding and misdirecting me. This law of sin in my flesh. That means I have to continually bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I'm not going to turn there. We don't have time. They're going to throw me out of here. But go to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, and read that. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. We bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And then he finishes up by saying this. Praise the Lord, chapter 7. So then with my mind... Meaning the mind of Christ. I'll write this down. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 15 through 16. 1 Corinthians 2, 15 through 16. So then with my mind, that is now he's a regenerated man, it's the mind of Christ, I'm serving the law of God. But with this corrupted flesh, the law of sin. In other words, I'm not going out and doing what it says. But this sin nature, that's where it goes. Does that make sense to everybody? That's a a powerful truth. And that's when he comes to Romans 8. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Does God discipline us when we drop the ball? Unequivocally. Write this down. Romans, excuse me, Hebrews 12, 4 through 11. Hebrews 12 through 11. God disciplines us because we're all flawed people. How many of y'all have ever experienced God's discipline? Oh, come on now. Let's get a little baptistic. There you go. Thank you. That's because He loves us. And He has to bring us to a breaking process where we, where we walk not by our strength but by His strength and His holiness. So, not as a result of works that no one should boast because that's our common corrupt nature. I am this. No, it's not about you being saved. Now we come to verse 10. Ooh, This is exactly what we're saying this morning. For we are what? Our workmanship? My land's alive. We are his workmanship. We didn't create ourselves, but we were created by the Holy Spirit coming into us. In Christ Jesus for good works. And these are not works that we do our own. Do you know what this is? This is nothing less than the life of Jesus Christ. We're not going to take time now because I'm, going to, I'm almost going get, they're going to throw me out of here. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. Verse 26. Go back and read that. 26, 7, 8, and 9. But verse 29 in particular, we are being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Is that amazing or what? So these, it's the life of Jesus. These good works are not stuff we do in our strength, ladies and gentlemen. By means of Jesus Christ, you are continually serving. What this is, is the life of Jesus being lived out through us, just as we sang this morning. And look at this, which God prepared beforehand. Ooh, It's not a matter of works, not a matter of legalism, that we should walk in them. Now we're going to turn, and this is the last path, but look, that we should, in other words, that's a choice he gives me as his child to make. We don't really have freedom of the will, until we finally come to Jesus Christ and we're broken, our sin nature that carries us around. Boom! He then gives us freedom. Is that incredible or what? Because we're ruled by the sin of our flesh. He now enables me by the power of His Holy Spirit to choose to die to self, which is the last verse we're going to read. It really is. Okay. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Okay, here we go. And he said, literally, and he was continually saying to all of them, this was not something he just said one time, this was an ongoing thing. If anyone would come after me, in other words, whoever wants to come and commit their lives to me as their Lord and Savior, boom, let him or her deny themselves. That means all during the day. Wow, that sounds hard. It is. It's demanding. You know, somebody says, hey, I want to go work out. Okay, and I, but I as I only have about 10 minutes, I don't want to sweat. <laughs> That's not going to work, is it? Let him deny himself all during the day. Take up his cross all during the day. That's what daily means. And then follow me. Here's what I've discovered. When I do this, I deny myself the anger. When my daughter was killed, I wanted to kill the person that did it, and God dealt with me powerfully and delivered me. It's been 16 years now. But that is a daily thing. Are you with me? When you do that, then you will be able to follow Jesus because if you're not doing that, who are you going to follow? Your own corrupted, misguided, narcissistic, blinded, deceived self. Come on now. Guys, let's get a little baptistic. Is that right? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Follow him. Now, verse, last verse here. Ah, oh, I got to get it quick. I got one minute. For whoever would choose to save his life would lose it. Now, I call this but theology. Not what I'm sitting on, but the conjunction. I know what you're saying, God, but... And it doesn't mean you say you're, you know, your salvation. It means you're wanting to do what God. And you say, "Well, I really want this. I know what God says." But, bam! He's going to do to you what that linebacker did to me. He's going to knock the snot out of you. Satan is trying to entrap you. But look at this. But whoever loses his life, his inner man, his inner self, his, you know, what you will, whoever loses that. Life. That's what that word means. It means your inner man. For my sake, we'll save it. Wow, ladies and gentlemen! There's one last verse, real quick. I'm on, I just keep saying that I'm an old Baptist, ignorant man. But anyway, let's turn to John three thirty. And this is, I promise you, no question. This is the very last passage. John 3.30. John the Baptist, his disciples were all bent out of shape because all of a sudden Jesus, people were going to Jesus and his disciples. They said, this isn't fair. You baptized them. Now they're going down. He says, it's not about me. He must increase, but I must decrease. I'm going to give you the amplified translation of this verse. Write this down. I'm going to say it slowly. He must Unequivocally, that's what that word in the Greek means. He must unequivocally continually increase. But I must unequivocally choose being decreased. Wow. Let me read that one more time. He must unequivocally increase. But I must unequivocally choose being decreased. That's where you're going to experience the abundant life of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and pray just for a minute. I don't know y'all here. You know, I know some of the folks here. If you're here this morning and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Wow. And you taste that word of faith that, that he's put in your heart and mouth. You begin to taste that. He's drawing you. But that next step, He's enabled you to make that choice. So I want every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you've never asked Jesus into your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have failed you. But I'm asking you now, Lord, to come into my life. To cleanse me from all my sin. And to save me eternally. And I thank you now Lord Jesus. As I called upon you to save me. That you have brought me into. Your eternal life. By your indwelling Holy Spirit. If you pray that prayer, there are going to be other men up here, leaders, that will be here to talk with you afterwards. But if you're a believer here, you're born again and you know that, and yet you have been struggling with surrendering to the lordship of Jesus versus your own skewed, flawed, narcissistically deceived misdirection, I want you to pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for saving me for cleansing me and for making me a child of God. But, oh, Lord, I choose now to surrender. And you name whatever it is in your life that you've been battling with. I choose to surrender, boom, whatever it may be, to your Lordship. And I choose to lose my life For your sake, that I may indeed find your abundant life. In Jesus' name.